Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to a Christmas edition of the Warriors All-82 Podcast from Phoenix. On After the... a win, baby. After a win. Don't, I... don't, don't be talking to us about we only pot after losses. We pot after big wins. Not every one of the Warriors' 27 wins this season has been big. At some point, when they prove they're a uh, you know, top seed, you some of the win... like a win is a big deal. Just a win. Some wins are bad wins. Yeah. Trying to think of a few. They don't have many bad wins this I season. No, man. I just got people in my mentions. Are y'all going to putt? Are you going to putt? Well, the answer is clearly yes if you're listening to us right now. Um, best win of the season. Best of the 27 wins. I think pretty clearly. I mean, you know, like Staples Center opening tonight felt like, uh, okay, like they are going to be in the mix this season. And then there are several other uh, notable moments in, in, along the way. But I just, from an organizational perspective, Seven players out. I'm including Clay and Wiseman within that, but you know, seven uh, guys out. Five coaches, you know, including three out of their top four assistants: Mike Brown and Chris DeMarco in health and safety protocols. Kenny Atkinson not yet able to travel, and they're playing a Suns team that is one of I think last I checked, like one of nine teams I believe without anybody in. in like that was a fully stocked Suns team at home. Great crowd, uh, and they beat them. Uh, and they they beat them with I didn't think the Suns like playing poorly you know it, like they just went toe to toe with what has been the best team besides them in the league to this point and they just straight up beat them on Christmas too that's the other thing it's crazy too the wins like we keep having these best win moments right starting with the opener at the Lakers well, then it was another, I think the the Brooklyn win was a big win. The uh, the win at Detroit with nobody was a big win for kind of like the yeah. program. So the the it feels like the task gets harder, and they keep you know like rising to it. It was crazy. First off, this is a bad loss for Phoenix. Like you just shouldn't be losing to this Warrior squad. But also, it is a it is an homage to like the Warrior style of play. You know the way Steph Draymond uh, kind of lead the team and all and Steve Kerr like. It's so it's so it's so normal for these extra kind of periphery players to be involved that it's not a big deal when they have to be involved. Like when you need them to, they this is how they always kind of function with guys who are on the end of the bench. She also has been getting minutes, right? Like that's the one like non-win of the night. So I don't know, right? But but the but the point is like they kind of use the whole team, you know, which irritates a lot of fans. But when you get a moment like this. We need guys to play. It's not a culture shock. Like, they're ready to do it. I mean, one of the things that kind of went low-key was, like, Kaminga's guarding Chris Paul in the fourth quarter of an NBA game. He's not even in the rotation. and He's out there locking up with Chris Paul. And it's not uncommon. Like, it's not that jarring. So, as much as, you know, it can be irritating to watch Steve Kerr throw these weird lineups out there, it's that the culture one tonight, right? Like, the the... 
this one was for this one was for the culture, Slater. A culture, an organization, a program, whatever you want to talk about, that I think has has taken some oncoming fire the last couple seasons, and I think rightfully so in yeah, a lot yeah. of ways. And uh, you know, misses on the margins, misses on draft picks, um, and just you know, sidestepping tax moves, and you know, even uh, the Gary Payton. You know, they cut him before the season; they get him back. Anyway, the general point is they they're hitting on the I mean, you, the, the Quintary Weatherspoon is a great example That's tonight. Crazy. I mean, clearly, he's a guy they targeted, the front office targeted um, in preseason, brought him on a Exhibit 10 into camp, really just to get him into camp, cut him to put him into Santa Cruz because that's where they wanted him. Um, but he's been very helpful, apparently, in these Clay Thompson scrimmages as the Clay Thompson defender, so much so that uh, Clay Thompson has been telling people, like, how about this guy? And when they had a chance with this hardship exception, he was the first guy they brought up. And, you know, credit again to their marginal moves because, I mean, do they win tonight without him? I don't know. I I can't say for sure. But he gave 14 really good minutes. He strips Devin Booker in the second half on a mid-post isolation. Finishes at the rim when he gets the opportunity. You know, it's funny. Remember, we we saw him. He did his interview, and he basically was saying, you know, I'll do a good job staying on Clay's hip. But he was like, Clay said I do a good job. He was trying to be like, well, this is what Clay said. Trying to be deferential. So afterwards, he comes out of the press room. So, you know, I'm like messing with him. I'm like, so to get, I want to get your quote correct. You were locking up Clay, right? You said you locked up Clay. I'm ex- I'm expecting him to be like, no, no, I didn't say that. His response: Ask him about me. <laughs> ask like, him about hey, me. Hey, this dude is ready. He like, yo, ask him about me. Uh, to me, yeah, like like you said. I mean, Steph just said it on the podium. They get killed for the misses, right? Jacob Evans is on the summer league team, on a Santa Cruz team. You know, to, they're still. I feel like they're still trying to make that one happen a little bit. They're like maybe sharpen some skills here, like right. hardship number four. Yeah, here we go. We ready. I, I, so we gotta say when they when they hit it well. I still think you know you know I don't. I wouldn't say Bealich is a miss, but I would say he's gonna be a guy that won't be the hit we probably thought. I agree, but I would say, you know, if, if at this point we could pretty much deem two of their three veteran minimum signings definite wins with, with you know, Iguodala, like, obviously, like, Evie doesn't play a game the rest of the season, but he's just around. That's a huge signing. Um, and then, and we, you know, he looks good even when he is able to play. And then Porter, who we can get to tonight. I mean, that's an – I mean, if, if they had gotten Porter at the mid-level – we would be right now saying that was a great mid-level yeah, signing. Yeah. Uh, Bielitsa, I wouldn't, dur- yeah, I wouldn't Bielitsa, turn that a miss or a yeah, like hit. Yeah. That's how they're hitting. Like Bielitsa's the miss, right? Yeah. Like that's how, that's how good they've been in this like mar- space in the margins. And keep in mind, they got turned down last year. They were getting re- and, and some of those same guys this, rejected this them this year. year. Yeah, so it's not like they had the pick of the litter. They just had to hit so that. It, it is it is kind of a sign. I mean, look at the GP two decision. That's if if certain people have their way, he's not here. Like it's Avery Bradley. That's and Avery Bradley just looks like another of the Lakers like unusable vets right now. Yeah. So they they've done they've done the job. I mean, think of I thought they were going to lose this game. It's tied going into the fourth quarter. I thought they were going to lose this game, but I thought it was a win because they're down so many players and it's tooth and nail with the defending Western Conference champions and arguably, arguably the best roster in the team. They don't even have Clay. Like, so that's what I'm thinking. This is a win because they made it They made it a close game, and they don't even have their players, and they still have to add Clay. So to be able to win a game like that, that's 
that's got to be a huge kudos for what they've put around Steph. And, and then keep in mind, like Steph was in the fit, ten for twenty-seven, five for sixteen. It wasn't, it wasn't like, wasn't like the lights out performance we just saw against Memphis, where you know at forty-six. This was a, a kind of a struggle, had to fight, but a lot of dudes had to hit some big shots. Yeah, I want to rewind to the first quarter uh, because again, uh, something that has been talked about playing, but still I think is not being talked about enough is like Draymond Green's season in general, and uh, he brings it pretty much every night at this Dude, point. Did you see that one play? He blocks, he hustles out to Cam Johnson, like gets to Cam Johnson, who's six foot eight, like a knockdown shooter, but he's six foot eight, so that's a high. That's a high, like a high point to get to that ball. And Draymond somehow gets there, blocks it. I think it was JTA might have saved it, saved the end of Draymond. Draymond pushes it. He goes one on two. And you're like, yo, yo, chill, Draymond. But he like smartly splits him, gets the layup, misses the layup. It's a loose ball, ends up getting it, hustling it. He rips away the loose ball in the passage. Yeah, gets it from the corner and then throws a JT. So in in one series, he got a block shot, uh, a a fast break. He created a fast break opportunity, hustled down a loose ball, and got an assist. And it was all, like, effort. It was all hustle. Like, this dude is going all out this year. It's kind of crazy, like, really, because they're the number one defense in the league because he's doing stuff like that regularly. Yeah, uh, and he started the game guarding Chris Paul, like, like, full court because that's usually you know andrew wiggins is out there yeah. and like you know they want him to bother maybe you put gary payton the second on for a little yeah, bit of, Booker, though, yeah. yeah eventually that might be clay but it was like oh they're not out. okay draymond will take the like pick up and pester chris paul full, full court assignment where on other days and probably in the playoffs against this team his assignment is like guard deandre ayton in the yeah. post i mean like is there another defender on the planet who a team would be like we want like hmm we can't decide should you pick up one of the best point guards ever full court or should you guard maybe the biggest like uh, or one of the the best centers in in basketball like hmm, we can't decide uh that's interesting put you on bookers make sure he don't get off early like there's nobody else you're asking to do that like you just can't you can't do that yeah anybody else no but my general point on that you know as as we kind of like trying to wider scope this win uh and we talk about them hitting on the margins organizationally. I don't think Draymond Green is this Draymond Green if he doesn't realize very early in the season that the organization built a winning roster. You're saying he would be like the Draymond Green from 2019-20? I, I don't think he'd go full Draymond Green 2019-20 <laughs> because I think he's becoming he's coming closer to a contract. contract extension, extension, that's extension. Right, yeah. I think he's been out of the conversation too long and he wanted to get back in it. So I thought, you know, and he had a good – I think it was more like last season Draymond yeah, Green. Yeah. But it's been better, and it's been just like it's nightly invigorated, Draymond Green. Where last year it was like a couple nights to remind people, a couple nights to chill. You know, and this season it's like, you know, okay, all you know, these moves did work. I do, you know, he thinks they can win a title. Yeah. Um, and he's back fully. And him back fully, like, again, I mean, I didn't think he had this season in him. Uh, but at this point, you know, people are like, you know, will he tire out? I'm like, clearly he's keeping the lifestyle and himself in good enough shape. And now his kid's around enough. And that really does. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm, like, less for, like, the sappy storylines. I didn't write anything about the whole Draymond, uh, you know, junior being human, around. Buddy. I'm not, not human, buddy. I'm not human. But uh, I do, like, I do see his son being around, like, Invigorating him. I, I think part of the reason you do see him flying around that first quarter on the Christmas stage is because his son is over there. I don't know how much of it is that, but yeah. 
Yeah, I mean it's something. He said it was something, right? Yeah. He he said he his son his kids don't know how good he is, right? Yeah. Or don't know how good he's been. No question. I'm one of the people who are like, are you going too hard, Draymond? Like, where you gonna where you gonna have left? Well, you know. But it, but his point to you would be like, you see me going hard on the court, but I'm not going hard yeah, after the That's game. Like point, today, yeah. I'm flying back and like having a cup of cocoa Still, and like yeah. going to bed by 11 p.m. That's his point. But I don't see that part. I see a guy like really going all out against. Bigger centers against smaller guards. Well, and in regular season game regular number season, thirty-seven, absolutely. Yeah, well, knowing they still have you know forty more games, still have if they if they're going to win a title, four more se- playoff series. So you know, obviously, that's on him. That's on Rick Celebrini. Uh, but if they get this Draymond all year, they're the number one seed in the in the in the, in the, in the playoffs, right? They, they they got home court throughout just because. You got Steph, you add Clay, and he's playing lights out like that. It's it's quite it's quite a thing to see. It's quite a thing to watch him play this way. Uh, funny part is, I think he's got more texts with DJ in the game than he has <laughs> without him. He gets he, he, he's I going thought he almost got tossed. I tonight. thought he was about to get tossed. So he got the first tech, and he's sitting there at the free throw line, still really going after one of the refs under the hoop while the guy's shooting the, the technical free throw and another of the refs. And then on the inbound, he was still going in. And it felt like, again, we're not close enough to hear what the ref was saying, but it looked like he was telling him, like, I do not want to throw you out, sir. Please yeah, stop going. this. It's and Christmas. it almost seemed like Draymond was like, go ahead and tell me. I dare you. Keep Become your, the story of yeah, that day. I'll talk about you in the post. I wonder if he say that, like, I'll make you the national. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to fillet you. You're going to be on Sports Center later. You don't want to do you this, right? Do um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, so I, I just thought he set the tone that first quarter. I think he had six assists, a couple steals. Like I said, Garden Paul full court. It just, you know. I did. I was coming in thinking like they may lose by fifteen twenty tonight, and like I wouldn't take much from that if yeah, they yeah. did. But then when he played like that, I was like, okay, you know, we got a good game. He like set the tone for like this was going to be a really good basketball Absolutely. game, and it, and it was. It was a, it was a good game. Um, Speaking of tone setters, Steph came out looking to end the Christmas Day curse. He was certainly going to shoot enough to get over yeah. twenty points. Uh, no question. He um he took that first shot, and you, you could tell he shot out. He was like, oh yeah, this is. We need to end this narrative. Did you know that stat that he hadn't scored twenty on Christmas? Like, did, like, could you have told me that three weeks ago? Not oh, thinking yeah, about yeah. the Christmas. I, I think I wrote about it before. Yeah, like a little note or something before. Yeah, he. I mean, a lot of it has twenty though. Twenty. Nineteen like, was his high. Twenty is a bad game. And he only had nineteen once. Like, it's not like a bunch of nineteens. It's it's a bunch of twelves, fifteens. Like, yeah, he's been. I think he. I, I looked at he was eight for thirty nine for three coming in. And he was shooting like, uh, I think it was 29 for 99 from the field. Mm-hmm. So he just, but his first two games. How many two, games? Seven games. Yeah. Seven games. His first two games, he was, uh, he had eight points total on like, it was crazy. Like two for 30 or something ridiculous, right? He just, he had, he did nothing the first two games. He was like ice cold. But this was his first time over 20. It's the first time making more than uh, two threes in a Christmas Day game. Uh but he, you could tell he he said it in the post game. I just wanted to get that out the way early, so I could like focus on the game because you know that's the type of stuff that builds with Steph. And it's like if you have a rough first quarter, he in his head, oh, it's happening again. But he hit the first three. His second one, he it was it was in like it rattled in and out. But in his mind, he's like, okay, my rhythm is good. He got he got. Remember, he drew a couple fouls, got to the free throw line. So he kind of like off the bat was like, all right, I'm cool. 
and then now he can kind of play his game. He ended up getting cold, but like I mean, they're doubling them. Like there's that's that's just part of the game with him. But he thirty three. They needed all of them. They, they needed him. They they. Well, how about this? Otto Porter needed all of them. He just they just had to get the game so Otto Porter could take over and, and turn it into Rucker Park in the fourth quarter. Steve Kerr pulled Steph Curry with. 5.04 left. I didn't think he was going to. You didn't? I knew he was going to do it. That's you such did. a Steve Kerr moment. Like, of course he's pulling up. I, I thought, because th- there's been a couple games this season where he rode him the whole fourth. Um, and, and he also sat, like, the final bit of the third. He came in for that last possession. They were in Cleveland. Um, this is a couple road trips ago. And he had just banged his hip in Brooklyn. It was the yeah. road trip you were on the yeah. first who didn't go to Cleveland. Um, maybe they, I think actually in retrospect, for sure. They, I didn't know that. Like when I'm watching the fourth, I didn't know that, but then it's clear that that was the plan that they were going to rest him the next night in Detroit, but he let him play the whole fourth. He got really hot and apparently told him, Hey, if if you get in a rhythm, I'll play you the whole fourth. And they've won that fourth quarter, like, you know, lay like 30 points or something like that and won that game. So he's done it. And I thought, you know, again, I, just because it did feel like this would be such a momentum building win for them and uh, Ch- Chioza, who he had kind of used when, when Steph was off the court, because there's no Jordan Poole. That was the other thing you remember we yeah. talked about. There was just no option beyond Steph. Uh, he didn't go to Chioza though. He went. He went to basically a non-point guard lineup. I thought he would not try to eke out 90 seconds of rest. I thought he would think better of it, but no, he did ma- pull him. Um, and you know, Kerr, I think sets himself up for to be a little bit of a post-game uh, mark. A little bit, but like you said, he doesn't really care. And even if they lost, they'd be like, whatever, twenty six and seven. Uh, but Otto Porter hits the big three when Steph steps off the floor, and then even when Steph's back on the floor, he goes jumper, 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 ball game. Almost hit another jumper, which would have been like an Otto been, Porter yeah. tornado it been, in Phoenix. It would have been KD at Record Park if he hits that. It would have been. <laughs> it is funny that they that they're. Uh, you know he's coming in with the OP chain, and yeah, like you know, you're yeah. like, yeah. It's funny that, that like you're like, oh yeah, this guy's a max player, and he's like, a, he got big time money because of like the past contracts he's come off. I just think it's an interesting point in his career. I was trying to push him a little bit on it post game. Yeah. He didn't give me anything too great, uh, but what did you just think about the point? Well, well, first off on the uh, the Steph thing, I thought he was coming out because. He was driving, 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 and then there was just like one chuck. It was like left hash mark. He didn't, he didn't pry the defense. He didn't do. He just chucked it, and I was like, he's tired. And I, I thought Steve saw that, but also, you know, thirty. He would have been at thirty nine if he if he didn't come out. Thirty nine is like panic area for two Steve. off days coming up. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's what normal people are thinking. He's got off days, but Steve, thirty nine minutes. Oh no, With Rick Celebrini on the second row. He's <laughs> yeah. like, Rick Celebrini will second round. Yeah, he, he was, was like probably their fourth assistant or something tonight with, with the round there. He's just like, yo, hey, he that was that's just panic, red flags going off like crazy. So I would, I just thought it would cost him sitting him. I thought it would cost him, and you know, it was minus, eight five Suns, yeah. like it could have cost it was minus him. three. They they had a five point lead, but man, Otto Porter is such an interested figure because, like, you knew he could shoot. I just didn't expect him to be like this tough four right this guy who gets in there and gets rebounds like tough rebounds he's like blocking shots uh i thought he struggled a little bit tonight that you know it's a trip like 
three fours, maybe times the same position, but playing a three is a little bit more taxing. Starting yeah, starting at three, a little bit more taxing. You could tell he was a little bit tired. He missed some open shots, right? He had a wide open look that was him. But now he's on a perimeter. He's he's dry. He was driving a lot. He was like coming off the screen and curling. So Still I thought it. Slow, he is. He is no question. But I thought like to me, he's like watching. There was a moment where Otto Porter is on the headset after the game. And he's doing an interview, and Draymond comes up to him, and he's grimacing in his face, and he stares at him. And I was like, this dude, like, what he's done is he's earned, like, Steph and Draymond. Never Draymond loves him. Loves I was him. saying this the other day, like, does Draymond love anything more than to bring up Otto Porter's rebounds? He Bruh, just loves, he like, loves. Otto Porter's rebounds. Like, I, I was actually asking him about Steph, and he's like, Otto Porter had eight rebounds tonight. <laughs> he just, they, they love that that dude is, like, a gangster like them. Like, he's physical, he's ready. Like, he's talking trash to the Suns, bitch. Like, dude, he was about to be out the league, and he's, like, turning around, hitting the jumper, turning around, like, what? So I think they just, they love that because he is, like, a legit veteran. Like, he's been in the league a long time. And even though he, you know, he's lost some of that reputation and name, like people wonder who he is or where he's been. In his mind, he still got a max contract, right? He still gives buckets, and he still know how to play. I was, and part of what I was trying to push him a little bit on tonight, but he was, you know, he's not a super open quote, mate. You know, uh, I'm just a super open quote. (laughs) No, he's not. Uh, I, I'm just curious if he views like this as where he is at in his career moving forward. Like, I'm a veteran minimum, like, Iguodala-like bench guy. Or is this stepping stone to a yeah, to Or is he having back. a night like tonight, like, yeah, I hope the rest of the league saw that because I got a big payday yeah, coming yeah, this summer. Yeah. I'm ready to come take over a start lineup on a championship team. Let's go. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, he's be been a big signing. That's what, <laughs> that, would be, that would be something interesting, right, if he's like, I told y'all I was back. But, you know, I mean – who knows what the market would be for him, but, you know, the Warriors he, won't have any rights to keep him, so he's going to endear himself. I mean, if he goes off and has a great playoffs and go get paid, there's nothing the Warriors can do about it. Yeah. What's odd about, I think, his season is, you know, when you watched film on him in Chicago and, it, you know, didn't go good, and even when he went to Orlando briefly because he just got salary dumped basically last season, you watch it and you're like, man, he's just not moving well. The hip injuries have caught up to him. He had a back problems. Like, that clearly had really sapped him of a lot of his athleticism and lateral movement. And, like, the thought was if this signing was to work out, he's going to show up and be in much better physical shape and moving much better. And, whoa, that's the way we'd be talking about the Auto Porter signing being great. They just, he's back healthy. And I'm not saying he's not healthy. But he is not moving like he used to. He's still, like, if you pop on the tape and just, like, watch a few possessions, you'd be like, well, he's, you know, compared to what he looked like in his Wizards days, he's just a much slower, stiffer player. I just didn't know that he could, through that, still be as effective as he is as, like you said, rebounder, shot blocker at times, force, smart defender, shooter, uh, you know, can get to his mid-range a little bit, can slowly kind of get into some offensive moves. How was he getting to that mid-range, though? Like, how was he getting – like, he's literally turning the corner on guys, like, but at, at at a pace that he should not be – you should be able to stay in front of out of order, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but Check this it's, out. Rebound, rebound percentage for the Warriors. Guess who's number one? Steve Kerr would know. Would, would sing Kevon that. Looney. Kevon Looney's one. You will not like number two. Who's number two? Uh, he wouldn't or I wouldn't. You, well, Warriors fans will not like number two because they don't like him. 
Uh, Bielitsa? Bielitsa. I have, yeah. Re- I, I don't per- see that. Rebound, but, uh, I know. Where are they? Rebound percentage, obviously, is the percentage of rebounds you get while you're on the floor. Draymond, 14.2. Bielitsa, 14.4. Looney, 18.3. Otto Porter is fourth, 13.3. And Gary Payton, 11.4. I mean, you, if you're over 12, you're a good rebounder, uh, which is weird because B- we're saying Bielitsa is a good rebounder. But, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's an that's important, and if you look at his career, if you look at Otto Porter's career, like that, that was a you know wasn't like a huge number for him, but this is this is up there with the highest he's ever done it. So for some reason, maybe it's because he's slow now, right? That he's he knows like I got to do these few things, but yeah. So his highest coming in was eleven point four hmm. before Warriors with, with the Wizards. So I think it's I think it, it might be because he's slower. He can't rely on athleticism. He's like, yo, I'm going to go in and get these rebounds, and I'm going to hit this jumper, and I'm, I'm going to collect my payday next year. It's interesting. All right, uh, last subject, uh, Kaminga. You know, he, he put – I don't know how many minutes, but they had at least 12 points. Um, he was effective. He guarded Chris Paul, which I think you've already mentioned. He had a couple downhill uh, plays. I think he was he more – tried to end Landry Shamit's life. <laughs> He did. Uh, he had a. He got out in transition once. Booker fouled him. I think Draymond was yelling like that. He needs to dunk that. But you know, he gets to. I think he got to line at least six times in his short amount of time. Yeah, made his free throws, made a jumper, made another three. He's been shooting. Jeez, he played twenty one minutes. Yeah, there you go. Um, he's been he's been shooting the three well lately, uh, and he's just when. So let's just let's get. Once this thing is past the, the COVID situation where, like, guys are in and out of health and safety protocols, when this is a relatively full complement of players, and we will include Clay Thompson in that conversation because that's coming very soon, um, when is Jonathan Kaminga a nightly rotation piece? Is it this season? Uh, is he doing enough? Well, like, the pro- Is he a playoff rotation player, do you think? The problem is – so the highs are, are one thing. The problem is how does he, how does he avoid the lows? And sometimes he gets out there and he he does like last game he didn't rebound. Uh, he can get a little carried away with his outside shot. If he plays like tonight, it's the question. Like he gets the ball on the wing, he's got an open look, throws a head fake, comes hard off to the turn and tries to dunk it. Like if he's doing that, he's in the rotation. But I do think this is a, like that. Chris Paul defense is a weapon they could use. That feels like usable. So I think he's gonna go. Remember how JTA last year was like out of rotation and then he was in it, but it was like super back in. It was like for a couple weeks. Damian Lee has had this too, where he's like back in rotation. He's got two or three weeks where he's in the rotation and then he's out of the rotation and then he's back in. I, I think that's the next step for him. Just getting in like on some pseudo regular basis. But if he, he's got to avoid the lows, you know, that's, that's the problem. Um, but the way he played Chris Paul, especially after getting, like, I mean, I, I say he was duped or baited, but it was like Chris Paul being, a, you know, being Chris Paul. But, like, after giving up that, you know, foul 75 feet from the basket, you know, after I'm sure they've talked about it a million times because the play before, JTA did it and Kerr's over there, like, holding his head, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, you know what, you know what he's going to do, so he gets in the bonus. But after that, like, he goes to the fourth quarter, and he's guarding this dude through pick and rolls and does not get one foul. He doesn't get one foul with Chris Paul, who you know who's trying to bait foul. I don't know how you keep a guy who can do that off. And his three it was huge. Like, it, it was a big three. Uh, 
But, you know, then last night in Memphis, he gets on the court and he's not doing much of anything and he's not rebounding. So it it's tough. I think the next step for him is there's going to be like a three-week stretch where he's getting 10 to 18 minutes. But and how, how he handles that, it will be how he handles the playoffs. Because the truth is, like, Curry's not doing nothing with Looney, man. <laughs> like, Looney's in it. Draymond's in. Wiseman becomes somewhat of a you yeah, know, well, factor at some point. Absolutely. So it's like, where are these minutes coming from? Is he going to put them at is he gonna put him in three? Like, they kind of tried to start him there the other night, and but then he had the back tightness. That was like kind I of a that weird. was part of the problem, though. They put him out. I'm telling you, that three, it's it's a different. It's not that much of a difference. Like, and I know it's one. why Andrew Wiggins is so pl- plainly like important, like obviously important to this team. Yes, is absolutely. because like he's the one guy that you're like three. He's a three. He's a three. Everyone else three. is like, eh, you might be a two. Eh, yeah, you're a like four. JTA. Yeah. Like, what is he? He should be a three, but he's probably yeah. a four. Like. It, he's defensively, really the only true three on the no roster. Is yes, absolutely, and that three is doing a lot of chasing, a lot on the perimeter. It, like it's a tiring position. You're not just going box to box, so it's it's an adjustment. I don't, I don't, I don't really like Kaminga at three. Not at this point because I think it just encourages him to take too many of them Santa Cruz type shots. It, it, <laughs> it makes him go like, oh yeah, I am Paul George. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like you're like, yo, right. I, I got this dude yeah. out here. Let me go. I like it when he's closer to the basket. Like, yeah, you know, when they put me out there at the four, I'll do some of the grinding work. But the three, I'm a superstar way. Exactly. I'm a superstar way. Wait, that's, the, that's, the that's the Otto Porter uh, mindset, right, at the four. <laughs> you grind it at four, at yeah. three, I'm out here getting buckets. It's about the contract. All right. <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm gonna end it there. We will talk with uh, Denver at home uh, coming up this week and then at Denver at Utah the Utah game is going to be interesting Utah has lately been playing better than anybody in basketball so love love Steve Kerr saying he wishes uh, he just looked at the schedule and hope Phoenix and Utah loses I thought that was pretty funny I might put that in my post game we'll see <laughs> alright later